Welcome to the grant, the EU funding podcast. The partner search can be one of the most agonizing tasks of the proposal preparation process. Some proposals, they build on formal projects and they have it fairly easy. But the fact is that most proposal coordinators, they struggle a lot to make ends meet and land the right partners for the tasks in their proposal. Honestly, this is when you start to really feel the pressure in the proposal preparation process. Emails, phone calls, no one replies, rejections after weeks of hunting people down. That's the reality of the partner search process. I have done this a lot, often with three to four proposals in parallel. In this episode, I share how I have dealt with this and give you some advice on how you can approach this. Please enjoy. The Grand Welcome to the seventh episode of The Grand, the EU funding podcast. I am continuing my uh, timeline series. I have reached to episode number six under that umbrella. Um, And in this episode, we will have a look at how to define a partner value chain and how to run a partner search. Here, um, the key elements I will focus on uh, in this episode will be defining your partner value chain. Then we will look at uh, how to define a partner strategy. Um, then we will, uh, I will, then I will have a a section on how you reach out, how to handle that, and then finally we will look into uh, how to handle follow up meetings with partners and onboarding to the consortium. The next episode will focus on settling the consortium. So there we'll dig into what happens when people they accept and they join and so how to to shape that up and the meetings you have to have around that so here we are dealing with in this episode how to define the roles and how to get how to reach out and how to get that dialogue and how to reach to the point that where they accept to join so let's look at how you uh, define your partner value chain now when you build up a, an EU research and development proposal project, everything should be seen in the light of solving a problem. You can solve part of that problem. Other partners can solve other parts of the problem. So you need to sit down. I also mentioned it in earlier episodes. You need to sit down and look at what activities are needed, what concrete activities are needed to solve this. And then you have the concrete, the project idea, core project idea, and you have other European horizon, Europe elements like dissemination, communication, like project management and so on. So you have all these roles and activities where you need to to fill in the, the, the blanks of who can do that and who can do that best. So that's what you're looking at when you reach this stage. If you so you might have a hand, a couple of, of partners already connected to your initiative, but you need to find out how to fill in the rest of these uh, these blanks. So what you do in the beginning is so you need to see which activities do you have to solve the problem that we already did in the in the in the in the in the, in the concept development. And in the when you start to carve out in the tool, uh, when you shaped the, the the visual elements and the, made the concept note, then you need to find out who can do it. And that some of them are you might have an idea, but some of it needs a little bit more thought or reflection or digging in. Then you need to find out how to get them, <laughs> the ones that can do it. Uh, where do you find them? And how do you reach out to them? And then you need to have a plan B and C in relation to filling in the roles because you will almost never be able to get exactly the group that you initially thought you would. Now, in this in this phase of defining your partner value chain, a brainstorm is good. It's always good in the team, either if you work in the team uh, in your organization or in the group of core partners you have on board. A brainstorm on 
all the roles that needs to uh, be filled in. So you have the the the, the work package structure outline, uh, the canvas exercise that you you that we that I outlined earlier. That's a good tool, and you have there. If you made this process constructively, you set with the core partners if you have them on board already and define what can they do. But then you also have blanks of other things that needs to be done. And this is where it's good in the group of knowledge, the, the knowledge group, so to say, the core partners to reflect together which technical elements where you say, ah, here we are thin, this we cannot do, we don't have expertise, we need someone who can do that. To do that brainstorm to get a good picture of the individual profiles because most your technical partners they will and maybe also yourself your technical partner um, you will be able to understand from an engineering point of view or process innovation process point of view what needs to be done to solve your 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 your, your project idea uh, the challenge that you're dealing with so you would have an idea of what kind of 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 capacity what kind of of industry sector or company supply chain whatever that will be able to to do that and you might already know some of them or have an idea where to go but you need to do that process to sit and take it step by step to define each of them the thing is it can sometimes be a little tricky because there can be doubt about some roles where you will have to reflect i experience this all the time when when defining these roles where the the core engineering or technical partners they say look we need someone who can do this and we know that this company they have been doing uh, something that's related to it but they might not be able to lift this corner of it they might take this role and lift this or this but this that we need they might not but so this is all you need to test the ground eh? so you need to put names down on paper into the tool into your excel sheet to to start uh, get get some names down on paper for the concrete partners uh, that that you know can do can do the tasks or some that you think might be able to do the tasks to start to get it concrete to fill in these these blanks so what i would recommend is that and this is i'm moving slowly bridging into the partner search strategy but just to finish the defining uh, the value chain so all these things get them down on paper and use i really recommend that you use a visual tool use the work uh, package a powerpoint slide two that i explained because it makes it very concrete it makes it visual and it makes it easier to get an overview of what is still needed in the different uh, different sections of the project gives an overview and it becomes a work table for you so let's move on to the partner search strategy strategies <laughs> You define them now. You you have had the discussions. You know that these are the kinds of organizations you will need. Universities, companies, uh, capacities to deal with it. Network associations, whatever, to deal with communication dissemination. You, you have carved it out. So now you need to get them on board. And I think, so the first, the first step is to get all the contact data needed so so you will have had you will have a lot of some names organizational names on paper and you might have contacts there or the core partners might have contacts there that you can approach all this data you need to get your head around it and the most simple way of doing it of course is to have an excel spreadsheet this is what i do this is what most people do when working with this create an, an excel uh, sheet overview uh, because you depending on the size of the of the project the proposal you might end up with with having between 30 and 60 outreaches because it, they're not just joining so you will need to go ne to the next and to the next so you will have a quite long list a draft list working uh, excel sheet and you need to keep keep your head around you need to keep track on it and you need to to make sure you have the contact data in one place so you don't have to look into websites of your own emails, uh, looking into signatures for, for contact details and so on and so forth. Put it in there. It takes time. This is a, 
an intense period for the one that has the key responsibility for for building the consortium. I have been doing this has been my uh, core responsibility for the last many years, especially the last two years. So I know what I'm talking about. It is resource intensive, but you need to make your tools, get your tools right to help yourself when things get rough, because you there's going to be a lot of outreach. There's going to be a lot of meetings, meetings and meetings, online meetings, phone talks, team meetings and so on. Uh, and you need to keep a track of all these things. You need to keep them into get them into a frame so so you don't lose track of which roles are covered now and where are we actually with with reaching our goal with with settling the value chain also this excel sheet you can use so you have the concrete names uh concrete organizations with concrete contacts concrete emails but you also you can also use this this sheet to throw in all the ideas you have uh, of 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 uh, of possible partners this is what I do. I use. I just throw in everything. Um, so I have a, at the top of the Excel sheet, I have it very structured with the ones that are most concrete, with the ones that I have talked to, with the ones that have direct contacts through the core partners or my own network. And then further down in the in the Excel sheet, I have the more you know, ideas that I throw in myself like this. And then I make sure I reach out or make an effort to reach out to them. And then they move themselves up into the Excel sheet, so to say, as a move on. If it gets concrete, then they move up <laughs> the, the ladder, so to say, to, to if, it, if it gets more yeah, concrete and tangible with attachment to the, to the consortium. And this way, I will get to, to, to it in a second with what happens here. But so what you need to start to do when you start to, to make so the partner search strategy and when you start to reach out, you should start with the ones you know. So the contacts that you know or where there's a link from yourself, from colleagues or from the core partners on board, uh, where there's a direct contact because direct contacts are always the easiest ones to get on board. You have to remember that what you are doing here is not necessarily something that is of interest for the ones you reach out to, even though it's right down the alley of what they do as an organization. It might not have a slightest interest for them to step into a an EU proposal, a project, for many different reasons. And it's always easier when there is a personal connection because then there's already, there's been a collaboration at some point of time from your own side or, 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 or the core partners have been maybe collaborating on research collaboration or commercial collaboration on developing different technologies or processes. If that is there, then there's also a, ah, there you are again, how are you doing? Oh, actually, we're doing something like this here and uh, it might have your interest because it's exactly what you're doing and it's related to what we did two years ago or this, or this that we have developed together. And then, so that, that makes, that always makes things easier. So Always start with the ones you know. Those are the priority in the beginning because uh, when you start to build your consortium, <laughs> when you build it, it's it's crucial to get a momentum at an earlier at an early stage with getting people on board because the longer it takes to get names into connected and confirmed into your consortium, the dif more difficult it's going to get for you to finalize the consortium because new ones will always look and see who do you have on board. Nice concept, right? Very good. Do, who do you have on board that we will collaborate with if we do this? And if you then have only three partners on board uh, and some maybes and so on, if it's a little flu, it's difficult to get to 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 get that positive atmosphere around what you're doing. So, and and this is this is just easier. It's it's a shortcut with taking the ones you know, work with them first, push uh, with the ones that 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 has a connection, and get them in. So start with the long hanging fruits, being your own network and the core partners network, and the most. And second, the most crucial crucial partners for the work to be done. So you have different roles in a partner value chain, and uh, and you have some roles that are more crucial than others. And you will need you will know that when you define the work that needs to be done. When you look at the 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 the, the activities to fulfill to to solve the challenge, you will in the group 
uh, know that you say, okay, if this this role, if we don't find that quickly, it's going to be difficult for us to to move on in the partner uh, value in the in the con- in the consortium buildup. Uh, because they will define what happens in the next step, and they have the ne- or they have the needed knowledge that we need, uh, needed capacity to to bri- bridge between this part of the project and this part of the project. So you will have you will have a couple of these roles that are sort of the the key key roles that binds things together as as partners at the different parts of the of the work packages and then you have the the supply chain rules so to say the ones that 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 do different activities that support or, or, or also help complete what needs to be done so that's the sort of two groups in the partner value chain and here in the in the in the in the first step when you move into this work with with getting partners on board Long hanging fruits, the ones you already know, and if you if you beside from this, besides from the ones that so you have the the ones that you have a connection to, but if you if there are core key roles where you don't have that quick fix lead into or quick fix connection into, then you need to focus, make sure that you focus on low hanging fruits quick fixes and parallel to that the most crucial ones first concretely practic- practically when reaching out to these partners the best way to work is always that it's the person who knows the organization knows a concrete contact person that does the outreach or make the first contact that's uh, it's it's always best the personal relationship between uh, people uh, and the network it's always the the most successful and quick fix to get uh, organizations on board but what i said about these crucial partners if you don't have them in your network uh, the core ones here in the first part that leads me on to the to the second page so to say in the partner strategy and that's that's the strategy towards the 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 par- partners you need that you do not know This is here. This is here. This is where it gets hairy. This is where it can get tough, very tough. And this is where the partner, the partner search, where you really need to, really need to dig in. You need to be patient, and you need to be because it can be very rough and tough work, uh, where you just have to to push on, push on, push on, push on. So you cannot. I said you need to start with the ones you know. Yes, you need to start with the ones you know. You can actually not leave the leave them aside to the ones you don't know, so to say. So you need to do this in parallel. But the quickest fixes are the ones you know. But the ones that you don't know, you need to, in the early phase, to to start do that desktop research to find those parallel to to the, the 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 ones that you do know you reach out to where it gets concrete early you need parallel to that to do the desktop research and find out who would be the ones that we don't know who can that be the good news about about this work and 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 uh, the likability for you to get someone on board is that if you want to do eu if you want to do eu horizon europe uh, projects then it's more likely that you find someone who would like to join a proposal than someone who has a proposal themselves. Everybody is looking for a proposal. So so that's the good news. That is that everybody who wants to do something like this, they're looking for somebody who has a proposal already that they can uh, jump wagon, uh, the, which means the ones that are, that are within this uh, universe, so to say within this... Um, that are keen on getting into doing Horizon Europe research projects, if they have their antennas out, then they will go for the ones that has a proposal. So they say, if you have a proposal with you, you will attract by that alone that you have a proposal already. You will attract people who are interested. When you need to reach out to the ones you don't know, you need to 
you need to roll out your capacities on des- desktop research. So your those capacities on desktop research and cold cap ca- cold canvassing they will be tested. And it's um, I've been it. I've been doing it a lot, as I just mentioned. It's really something that is uh, that I have been a core part of my work the last couple of years. So I'm quite experienced on and getting getting organizations on board of all sorts. But of course, you need to have an understanding, some tips on how to, where to find them, where to find find these organizations that you would like to have on board. I've been doing all kinds of mistakes myself going the wrong way around the, the issue so to say of, of wasting a lot of time with attacking this in a in a wrong way one of the things that really can't be waste of time is to do a, um, a, a, a rely yourself on a google search or just attack organizations that from the face of it could look like someone who could take the role but when you reach out to these organizations they have no idea what you projects or proposals are or they might have an idea that is negative negatively influenced so you need to go through a lot of steps inside the organization a lot of links of before you reach maybe reach the right person to talk to and then that person say why why basically why are you why are you calling me why what do you want to avoid uh, the most you will still re- you will still try something like this when you call canvas and when you reach out but to 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 avoid this scenario happening too much and wasting uh, your own time here are some things that you can do so what i will explain what i do uh, and then you can pick them up if if need be so here first of all what i do i look into two databases uh, with former and running framework program projects so uh, you have different kind of databases I work for a company that that has one itself, but you also have the European Commission's own database on the participants portal, and in there, uh, you will be able to to search on projects within the area that you are submitting your proposal in. So you can use use keywords to find uh, projects that has been funded earlier within this field. And there you have the organization that has been part of those projects. So what this does is that you will get an overview of who has already been funded. And naturally, these organizations that have been doing work in these projects, they know what an EU project is. So you make a shortcut on the understanding from the ones you read out to. You make a shortcut on to, to, to cut to organizations that know exactly what the ball game is when it comes to Horizon projects. So you already passed that uh, that initial communication barrier. They would also know if it's even within what you do. So they would also know exactly the area you're working with and what their role would be. They would know how it is with work packages, how to work with other partners on on different issues in relating to what you're doing. So this is so this tip. It's a vital one because that's going to help you a lot with with getting with reaching organizations that 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 are just down the mindset of having or running eu projects what you might find or what you often find when you work like this is that they are already in a network or already in a group of partners set partners from the old projects they've been doing and they want to stick with them but sometimes you're lucky that they say okay let's try to to step into also this group um, and they might be part of several pr- proposals for the same uh, call so if you have the, the discourse that you don't mind that your partners they are also in other proposals uh, for the same call then then it, that this can help you that's that's that that's the databases then you have matchmaking events so you have these brokerage brokerage events with speed speed matchmaking 20 minutes uh, at each table for a full day where you can have 10 12 15 meetings uh, for one day sometimes they run over two days the official ones are the best you have brokerage events throughout all over europe all corners uh, of 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 eu uh, the best ones are the ones that are connected to european commission itself uh, they often do them when they have information events 
You can put yourself on a mailing list for under the, the DG, uh, the European Commission uh, Directorate General, uh, related to this. And you will get in your mailbox uh, when they have new info meetings coming up. So I use this a lot because it, um, it they, they, they are just good databases also afterwards. So both you have the possibility of meeting people either online if it's a virtual meeting or, or face-to-face. But they also afterwards, these uh, matchmaking websites where you, so the event web page where you register and you, you have each individual profile from uh, the persons who participated, they are a database. You can use it as a database. I use it as a database to identify possible partners for what I do. Now, these matchmaking events are, of course, not they might not fit uh, with the proposal that you're doing, meaning that it might not fit, that there's a, an event that fits with when you do your uh, partner search. Often the commission makes them in connection with with a, with a deadline. So you will have them fitting in the period when most organizations are doing matchmaking for a specific uh, call round. Sometimes they're not. But um, so this is something you need to do a little bit of, of desktop research to identify them. If they do not, if you don't have them, if there's not a matchmaking event fitting uh, in the period where you need to build up your consortium, well, you, what I would recommend you to do is to, to, to register for anyone coming up so you have them in your book if you're doing proposals onwards and rolling. If, if not possible, if it's not fitting with what you do and if you don't do proposals on a regular basis well then then that's not that's not a, a possibility next steps in your partner search uh, for the ones you don't know uh, clusters networks and industrial associations that's what i do a lot so you have a whole a big network of 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 supportive organization member based organizations for uh, sector sector based innovation clusters throughout all over Europe that has the function of supporting their members with putting them into uh, collaborative collaborative collaborations with universities or other uh, industry partners and and uh, and they also often do a, a dedicated work to get their members into horizon projects anyways they would always know their members and could direct sometimes they they can uh, direct a request for uh, for a, um, a place in a, a consortium to their members. The same goes for all kinds of networks or industrial associations. You have um, industrial associations. They have you. You have national industrial associations within the sectors, all sectors, and then you have them also on a European level, and they. Uh, also often can forward your requests to the network uh, or share them in, in one way or another, maybe in their newsletter. Or it's, it's, so that's a way to go. So that's also a possibility. Then you have a net, your network's network, so to say. So you're, you might have to go a link on a step further in your network so you have your own network and then ask your network if they have a network with organizations that could fit. Um, and it's if you have if you work within a specific sector, that is you might need to take that to the second or, or, or third tier, so to say, in your network because you are working within the sector, and you would have in the network people that could bring you further on for specific roles where you are not so so well covered. Then also what I do and use a lot as a strategy for the incoming partners. So if you start you start your work with getting partners on board, and then you will you will slowly start to get uh, confirmations uh, with partners that come in, and then you use them as a stepping stone. So so when you get them connected to the initiative, one of the things that I always touch with them is so you have the technical talk, but then you also see. You also look at at the work package structures and 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 then you go through. See here we have the roles covered. This is what we still need. Do you know? Do you have in your network partners that could do this or this? Do have you worked with someone who knows how to do this and so forth? This is sometimes very effective, and then it it moves back to to what I mentioned in the in the first half of the partner strategy here in this episode. The ones, the people you have on board. 
the connection that they have personally, it just makes it easier to connect them. So this this synergy should always you should always try to look for that. What else? Public support offices. You do have in especially in Brussels. There are some countries they have uh, regional representations in Brussels with a dedicated uh, that are dedicated to help the stakeholders from the regions they they are representing to to uh, get into EU research and development uh, projects and they are the good thing about these offices is that they work free of charge because it's they work on behalf of of a so it's it's public business support and public research support so this their, it's their work to to find you it's their work to find a good, strong proposals that is of strategic importance to whoever they support. It can be municipalities they support. It can be SMEs specifically. It can be big industries. It can be all sorts of stakeholders from the regions that they uh, represent. And what they also often do is they often have a, a strong network uh, because that's their work. It's their work to have a big network. Uh, um, to where they can connect to and I know because I've been one myself been working for a regional representation for a couple of years so this can be a resource that can help you a lot if it's a specific area so this, they are covering their, they are, they have their interest is their own region right so so they so say if you want a partner from Denmark or from Germany, then these offices could get you one specifically from that area. But it can be a good door opener. And they're good people often that that really knows their way around, how to support their, their stakeholders. But also sometimes what you will find is that they sometimes help, can help you with with your project because they, uh, this is what I did when I had this role. I stepped in uh, when I supported a, a stakeholder that I got into a, a, a project, I was supporting the quality of the input they gave. So I was becoming a, a, a sort of a support structure for the coordinator that was writing the proposal because I would shape up and make the, the input from my stakeholder as strong as possible to make sure that, that, that the, over, the strengthening uh, the overall elements of the, of the proposal. A good tip. Finally, LinkedIn groups. I've been experimenting a lot with with uh, with uh, using LinkedIn as a as a resource, and um, and that's uh, it's tricky with LinkedIn because it's very much reliant on how you make a post now this so this is actually moving into social media strategy and how to use social media as a as an outreach marketing place because that's basically what it is linkedin so if you want to gain traction uh, and outreach you need to make sure that the way you write your post it's something that is to the bone and something that people immediately can see and say that's nice and then they click and and they reach out to you it's tricky. I have been connecting a handful of partners that way, but it's not the most reliant source, I would say, of partners. It's it's something where you, it's a it's a huge potential, I would say, uh, for for good partners. But the the tricky is that you need to double check a lot the the partners you get along, so it's not just someone who are free riding or just trying to get a quick fix. So yeah, some of these things I have been going through here. It's something that is there's a lot of there are a lot of elements that I will touch upon in specific episodes where I will dig into what it is to be a facilitator and how to make a strategy when you attend matchmaking events, how you do, do partner outreach, how you do partner searches, how you how you deal with your networks. I will make make. Uh, ser- uh, some series episodes uh, on networking and how to network and how to deal with it in this context. So this is just here I give you some hints and tips of what to do in this generic episode and I will dig into this, I promise you, because it's uh, one thing is that it's very important and it's a big part of it uh, and I know that many of, of you that work with this, you work within this part of of the proposal sector, so to say, of networking and supporting and building up a consortia and so on. So I'm going to make some episodes um, 
and it's actually continuously because there's always something to talk about when it comes to that on how to deal with it how to work with it how to make strategies around it um, to to make it more efficient for you that are working with with uh, helping and supporting with building up consortium i would say before ending the partner uh, strategy uh, part here the most actually one of the things that helps you besides from from your capacity on reaching out both to your existing and uh, and and people you don't know <laughs> it's going to test you a lot but what also what helps you a lot is that if you have did done your homework well that I've been going through in the last episodes on developing the concept developing the concept node it's going to help you a lot so if the concept node is strong if the structure is strong if the project idea is well ex- well explained that's something that is vital so in this strategy what you also need to be aware of and need to 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 make sure that you do when you start this work you need to prepare an email a standard email that you can adjust as you move on to the individual to the individual partner and to this email that you should that I will that is leading me uh, right on to the next element of how do you reach out but before i reach to that it's just a few words saying they're successful it's going to help you with your successes if you have as i mentioned strong concept well-prepared email and the vp structure it is a rough and unthankful job what you're doing here i have been doing a lot and i know what it is but what you need to to keep at your heart in this process is you need to insist and insist and insist you need to keep your nose in the trail and and then you need to think of creative ways of moving on if you're blocked because you will be blocked so that you always need to to um, there will be elements corners of the consortium that that you struggle with and you need to find other ways around that you need to 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 find out how can I attack it, and sometimes you just need to do desktop research. You need to to Google. You need to to try to use other contexts. You have a context that doesn't make sense. So it's it's. Um, I've given you some some clues and ways of that I'm doing, and sometimes well, you might come up with other ways of doing it that works for you. But the core thing here is that you need to prepare yourself for needing to solve things that sometimes seems very difficult now a little bit about the practicalities or concretely what you how how to do the outreach yourself so how do you reach out so first of all what i do i call and then i follow up with an email so i make a phone call to the persons I always try to find a phone number because emails when you receive an email as a partner possible partner that falls very easily down the email pile as I call it without replying so I always try to get find a phone number and call people because then you have them and then it's much more it's easier for them to it's 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 sorry it's more difficult for them to escape so to say out of replying to the email that you will send afterwards so I call, then I send a follow-up email that I where I include the concept note and often also the work package structure that I've been talking so much about. So you need to write a standard email. You need to save the text and adjust every time you need to send something out. It, it, this is what I do all the time. Sometimes I save it in a Word document or I save the email, so to say, uh, make it a favorite so I can always go back and and copy paste the text from send emails that I can 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 throw into the new email, adjust the text to the one that I'm reaching out to. So what you do in the email, you present the call and the deadline. You present your idea in short and maybe who's already on board. This is what I do. So I say, uh, here's what we're going for. This is the I, this is what we want to do, and we have already got this and this core partner on board to deal with this and this. And then finally, you will uh, explain the role that you would like them to take, and then leave space for them uh, to come with their own suggestions. This email it's vital 
to write that in the beginning because it's going to make life much easier for you when you have to write all those emails as you move on. If you have to reinvent it every time, it's that's a time killer. So try to make it efficient to, to make that standard text. Sometimes you have to change a lot in the text if they're specific partners, but it doesn't matter as long as you have the structure. And then for the follow-up, always request a meeting in the end of the email. Best online, uh, a visual, virtual visual meeting, but a phone meeting can do, it depends how, yeah, how it fits. But keep a track on it. So when you send this out, Put it into your Excel sheet that you reach out the status of individual contact that you have. Put it in there. Keep the track also with the date. Sometimes I put the date if it's very important. But maybe the best advice would be to always put the date on, on the status of so email sent this date or invitation sent this date. So you know when you move on and you have to get back to them. And say, oh, well, that's wow. So you can see that's actually two weeks ago. I have to, to push these guys to, to close it. Or see if it can move on. This is how I do. And this is what I would recommend to do the concrete outreach. When you talk to them, send the email and then you have it in the book and then you can continue the follow-up. So the next and final element I will cover here is the follow-up meetings and onboarding. For the ones that bite the bait, so to say, the fish line that you throw out, the one that, 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 that you catch, you need to set up a meeting. So you need to prepare a, an onboarding meeting uh, where you the where the the key <laughs> uh, objective of the meeting is that you explain in more detail about uh, the project. You already discussed it in the f- first phone meeting uh, you had with them or virtual meeting when you when you reached out to them. But here you need a more structured meeting saying, look, you go through the concept again shortly. So you need to prepare a PowerPoint. And the focus in that PowerPoint should be, so the agenda would be, there's a short to the table. Everybody needs to present themselves. Always, always everybody present themselves. Second, present the concept briefly again, as mentioned. And then a third step, let the possible partners share their thoughts on the project. And if they can lift the role intended, you might have discussed it already in the first virtual meeting, but here you set it in stone. So what is it? Would they like that role? Yes or no? Or are there other things they can add to that? So you discuss the intended role and other possible roles. But what you also discuss is if they have adjustments to the concept. Because this is what happens that I said some episodes ago. It's a process with the concept. The process, the the concept development is a constant process towards submission. And as you get partners on board... Some of them will have comments or elements where they say, you cannot do this. We need to do it like this because then you will not be able to reach to that and that. If you do it like that, you need to go this way around, go this way around the problem. Uh, And it would also refine. So it's a matter of getting them on board that knows specifically about this area that can further refine and make your concept even stronger. So finally, if you say, so there's a match, uh, you invite them in and then... As I mentioned, if always remember, if you have holes in the partner value chain, which you will have throughout the process, discuss with them if they have possible additional partners in their network that could fit into uh, into those um, those spots. What you should also try in in these meetings, uh, that's what I do. Psychology. Try to make a good atmosphere. Try to make it. There are some formalities, of course, but try to 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 lighten. The, try to laugh with the group. Try to uh, to keep it um, in a in an atmosphere where it's uh, it's people are comfortable and and feel like this is a, a nice group because it it will affect the group psychology when you have to get when it gets tough work when you work on the proposal towards the end towards submission if the atmosphere is is unfriendly or if it's a little formal and so on the more comfortable people feel in this setting in this group the the more they will be willing to give themselves to walk that extra mile when things get rough so that's that's very important and i i don't always manage to to uh, for everybody to to be a good chemistry because this is also what it is. It's chemistry, personal chemistry. And sometimes 
sometimes there's an edge in a group with some partners and you need to, to diplomatically uh, deal with that. But if as long as the majority of the people in the group, they they feel that there's a good positive atmosphere and humor and, and, and a light tone, even though things get tough, then it's going to help everything when things get tough that 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 is that people have feel that they're needed a little bit together not just by a, a formal formal project idea now we're moving towards the end here the grand the toughest challenge as always toughest challenge it's the cold canvas it's also what I spend most time most time talking about in this episode. It's a little lengthy this episode for the same reason. This is a core element of of the proposal process. It's very resource intensive work to do the 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 to reach out to partners you don't know, and you really need to stick to it sometimes, especially when you meet a wall, and you don't seem to find a way through to get the partner on board to cover a crucial role, and um, the truth is that sometimes you have to redefine the concept because you don't manage to get that one on board. So you need to move things a little bit around on the structure of the project concept to make it work. Um, Or you get a partner that can handle part of the tasks, only part of it, and then you have to rewrite the other part out. You might have to take it out of the concept or you need to redefine the approach. So, so this is this is difficult. This this is something that can be tricky, especially if it's a complex uh, complex project, and also if it's a complex technology that works a little bit on the edges, where you don't have so many choices of partners that you can reach out to to join. Then doors are quickly closed if they just don't uh, want to join you, and then you say that look at. If a role that is crucial but you don't know how to fit it in I have sometimes run into this related to uh, some large industrial companies that almost has a monopoly uh, within what they do and if if those that you want on th- those that little group there is to pick from if they don't uh, want to join you if, the, if they're already part of another proposal then it's you need to you need to zoom out. You need to take a, a you need to regroup in the in the consortium that you already have and say, look, this is what we have. This is what we cannot get. How do we deal with this? This is this is a crucial challenge to be able to solve. And this is where you sometimes need a plan B and C, as I mentioned, uh, in order to still get a powerful consortium that can be for the evaluators still look like a group that indeed will have a strong impact with solving the issue and having an impact with with what you want to achieve and this there are many elements here i will i will dig into these things as i move on with this podcast because it's um it can be it can be tricky with the strategy submission strategy so to say when you when you are are moving into towards a concrete call there are others that are also approaching that call and sometimes you will have some consortia that are just you will never be able to reach the strength of what competing consortia dealing with and if you get that knowledge then uh, you need to Sometimes really consider if this is the call to go for. You might, you might, you might say, it's this is not possible to win this one. Even if we write something that is the best, they they might still get it because of the the consortium they have gathered. Or sometimes you would say, doesn't matter. We are the strongest. We will ma- write this out to be the strongest, and and then you might even win it. Uh, but it's tricky. I will get back a lot to this. I will also talk with guests about this when I when I start to have guests on board because it's it's one of of the things that are important to be aware of, both for beginners 
but also for, for experienced how to how to act on knowledge about other uh, competing consortia and, and within the call you're dealing with. I will wrap this up here. Thank you for listening to the end. This was the seventh episode. I said. Next episode, I will have a look at settling the consortium. We haven't settled it yet with this episode here. I've been talking about how to reach out to them and how to, to get them in in the first meeting. But but uh, I will have now, the next episode will be on, on how to how to get the group into a, a, a consistent uh, group, settling the consortium. And the process around having them sample. So, so now the next episode, we will actually dig a little bit more into content because that's what it's about. You need to group people into work package uh, groups and you need to start setting up work package group meetings to give you the data you need to be able to write the, consor- uh, the, the proposal. Also, you need to define the leaders. So we, I will also in the next episode talk about the coordinator. If you have a coordinator on board, and if you don't have a coordinator, but these are crucial things. So that's a dedicated episode in the next episode on settling the consortium. Thank you for listening to the end and hope you enjoyed listening to these. Bye. I have created a website for this initiative. Check it out at thegrand.eu. Go and subscribe to this podcast and browse around to check out how the initiative is unfolding. When you subscribe, You will get access to the Grand LinkedIn group, which is where the interaction is going on between you, dear listeners, and me. Thanks for listening to the end and looking so very much forward to build this up for you. Get the Grand! The Grand You have been listening to The Grand, the EU funding podcast.